0: I seriously cannot. I this ah ah. But listen, I don't know if you saw that or not. That was not a smooth mask transition. It really was not. Uh, my name is James. I have the great joy and privilege of being the pastor here at Christ Point Church. If you are new to Christ Point, I want to welcome you. Thanks so much for uh, being with us this morning. Uh, if this is your first time, if you are new to Christ Point, or maybe if you've been here for a little while and you're interested in taking uh, the next step here at CP. I want to encourage you before you leave this morning. There are connection cards uh, on the back table. You can fill it out and place it in the offering a box in the back, uh, or you can scan the QR code that is on that connection card and you can find out all the exciting things taking place here at Christ Point uh, in the weeks ahead. You might be here this morning going, James, tell me more about all the exciting things taking place at Christ Point in the weeks ahead. I'm so glad that you asked, Brandon. Uh, two weeks from today, uh, our students are going to gather for their Christmas party. Uh, I know that that is going to be an extravaganza. It's going to be an extravaganza. Uh, I don't even know what that means. Uh, it's going to be fun. Uh, they're going to have a party. It's going to be Sunday evening. Uh, look for more details in the weeks ahead. also want to let you know December 19th, the Sunday before Christmas, uh, we're going to have a Christmas cafe. It's a great opportunity for you to invite family or friends People who aren't currently connected to a local church body uh, to come on that Sunday. Uh, and then we are going to have a Christmas Eve service, you'll never guess, on Christmas Eve. And so December the 24th, it's going to be outside. Uh, and so, like, wear your favorite Christmas sweater. Uh, we are going to have hay rides. Uh, we are going to have, we're going to have a petting zoo. Donnie, we're going to have a petting zoo. You know what? Now that I look over there, I don't think I asked you about the hay rides yet. Can we do hay rides? on the 24th. Is that good? That's funny when you start to remember things. I should have asked you before I announced it to the church. My apologies. You heard it here first. We're going to have hay rides on the 24th. Uh, the kids are going to do a little play. It's going to be kind of a blend between Hamilton and Wicked. It's going to be awesome. And so make sure it might not be that good. I don't know. Uh, but they're kids. They are kids. We we love them. And so it's going to be spectacular. Uh, so plan on coming. Plan on coming on the 24th and celebrating. It's going to be 4:30 to 5:30. It's kind of all the festivities and then the service is going to start at 5.30 uh, in the evening. So I can't wait. It's going to be spectacular. Um, uh, Do you have any questions about anything taking place at Christ Point? Uh, Open floor. Our kids are with us this morning. Some of them are sitting up there. You can't see them, but I can. That's not awkward at all. I'm going to talk to your parents because I have the microphone. Tom, I'm looking at you. Um, Let's pray and ask the Lord to work this morning on this Thanksgiving. God, thanks so much for uh, your grace and for your goodness to us. Thank you that we get to gather as a people uh, and to give thanks uh, on this Sunday before Thanksgiving. Long before we dreamed up this holiday, you uh, placed in your living and active word commands for us uh, to give thanks as your people. And so we want to do that. This morning We want to remember Your grace and Your goodness to us, and we want to give thanks, and so we do that now. God, I pray as we open up Your Word that You would use it to form and shape Your people, that You would change our desires and our affections. I pray that You would use this time to point us to You. We need Your help to do that, and so we ask for it now. God, we love You. We thank You so much for loving us first. Uh, we pray these things in Jesus' name and by your Spirit. Amen. Well, they are arguably uh, the six most feared words in the English language. Uh, if you have heard these words, I can assure you uh, that you have been frightened or even scared to death. Uh, when these words are spoken to you, uh, they probably cause your stomach to turn Maybe your blood pressure to rise or even your heart to stop. If you are a child here this morning, I can almost guarantee that your mother has spoken these words to you. What are the six most feared words on the planet? Your father wants to see you. When you hear those words, you know, oh, you know what's coming. Uh, Be afraid, be very afraid when mom speaks those words. Maybe you've heard those words after you brought your report card home. Maybe you heard those words when a school called and mentioned to your mother or father that you were not in attendance on that particular day, even though you should have been in attendance on that particular day. Maybe you heard those words after you talked back to your mother and she had had Enough. When you heard those words, your Father wants to see you, what did you feel? What did you feel? Did you feel fear? Did you feel dread? Uh, did you feel anxiousness? What did you feel? Well, today, your Father in heaven uh, wants to see you. He really does. And how does that make you feel? Do you feel dread? Do you feel fear? Uh, Do you feel anxiousness or do you feel uh, something else? How should we, as the people of God, respond when we hear those words? Your Father wants to see you. Uh, Well, the psalmist tells us how we ought to respond in Psalm 100. And so if you have your Bibles, uh, turn with me there to Psalm 100. And let me know when you're there. If you don't have a copy of the Scripture with you this morning, you can always uh, look up our service on events, uh, on, uh, on the app, on the Uversion app, or you can simply follow along over my right shoulder where the passage will magically show up on the screen. So you have options this morning. Psalm 100, the psalmist writes and says, Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Uh, serve the Lord with gladness, Uh, as followers of Jesus, we are called into the presence of, of the Father. And when we come into His presence, God calls us uh, to uh, experience Him with our heart and to think about Him with our head, with our mind, with the brain that He has given to us. God calls us to experience Him with our heart and to think about Him with our heads, with our minds. The psalmist begins and says, Make a joyful noise to the Lord all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into His presence with singing. The psalmist, right out of the gate, gives three commands to the people of God. Make noise. Serve the Lord. Come into His presence. Three things that we are called to do as the people of God. And all of us can do those things dutifully and begrudgingly Or we can do those things with delight and with joy. And God wants us uh, to do them with delight and with joy. Think about it. All three of those commands um, we can do because we know that we're supposed to do them. I mean, all of us can come and make some noise. How many times have you made noise before? Or how many times have you put your hands together? If I were to tell you this morning, I want you to put your hands together for your pastor... You would do what? Make some noise. I like that last one. That was strong. Anyone can do that. Anyone can do that. The, the applause, uh, the, the shout, the noise, it can mean absolutely nothing. It can't. You can just do it because the person next to you is doing it. You can do it because your pastor stood in front of the church on Sunday morning and said, make some noise. And you made some noise. But that's not what the psalmist is calling us to do. Uh, the psalmist said, make a joyful noise. Make a joyful noise. The psalmist wants us to feel a delight when we come into the presence of God. Make a joyful noise. And then he goes on and says, serve the Lord with gladness. Serve the Lord with gladness. Kids, how many times have your parents uh, told you to do your chores? Yeah, some some of you kids are pointing at your parent now and you're like, yes, they always ask me to do my chores. How many times has your parents said to you, I'm not asking you to like it, I'm just asking you to do it? Have they ever said that to you? I heard that when I was growing up. I'm not asking you. I'm telling you. Long before Nike said just do it, your parents did They didn't want you to like it. They didn't care if you liked it. They just wanted you to do it. Your Father in Heaven doesn't operate that way. Uh, He He doesn't want us to just do it. He doesn't want us to begrudgingly uh, serve Him. It says serve the Lord with gladness. God did not say, because I said so, just do it. He doesn't, he doesn't want us to respond and go, fine, fine, I'll show up, I'll serve, I'll do it. It says, serve the Lord with gladness. Service is something that we get to do. It's not something that we have to Like we, We've experienced God's goodness and His grace, and God calls us, to serve Him and His people. And we delight in what God has called and asked us to do. Serve the Lord with gladness. And then the psalmist continues and says, come into His presence with singing. In other words, come before the Lord in worship. doesn't say anything about the quality of singing, amen, but to come and sing. Like, come. My greatest fear in life, I'm not joking, my greatest fear in life is not getting... Like Bit by a snake or swallowed alive by a shark or mauled by a grizzly bear, my greatest fear in life is having a live mic during worship. I mean, people will scatter it 's not pretty, but but it, it, it says here, just come into his presence with singing. One of the great joys i 've had is to travel other places in the world on missions trips, and one of the things that I love seeing when I go to different places is walking into. Uh, little local congregations. They do not have um, just the bells and the whistles that we have in the West, but they have their voice. And if you get a group of them together and you listen to them belt out their song, like unashamed, it is a beautiful sound. It's a beautiful sound. Melissa has recently started watching Uh, the World Cup qualifying matches. I don't know if we have any football or soccer fans uh, here this morning. Um, I think as a sports fan myself, uh, I think it's one of the sweetest things that I've ever seen happen in her home. I can't tell you how attractive it is uh, to know that she's recording soccer matches uh, to watch later on in the day. Uh, One of the things that she loves about the soccer match is not even the soccer match, but it's what takes place before the soccer match when uh, the team will be singing their national anthem. And everyone in the crowd who is there rooting for that team will be belting it out. I mean, it's loud. Some would even say it's obnoxious. And the cameraman always pans the team and gets really close. And you can actually hear the players singing their country's national anthem. And they have terrible voices. I mean, they're bad. It's almost laughable but there's such pride that they have. There's such pride. When I see that picture, I think to myself, I think that's how the Lord wants us to come into His presence with with singing, with loud voices, praising and worshiping Him. Your Father wants to see you. So come into His presence with joy and with gladness. With singing. Um, that, is, that is not boredom. It is not jumping through hoops. It is not doing something because you have to do something. Um, that is a feeling. Like worship. This on Sunday morning, as, as we gather as the people of God, is celebration. It is not sulky. Like we, we get to come into his presence. God wants us to experience Him. He wants us to experience emotion in our walk with Him. God is an emotive God. He created us to be. He allows us to feel emotions and to experience emotion. God calls us to delight in Him. How we feel about God is a big deal. Your relationship with Jesus is not meant to be stuffy or boring. the Christian life, is a serious endeavor, but it is a serious quest to experience joy. Church, corporate worship is more, than a, is more like a wedding party uh, than it is a wake. Like we've come to gather and to celebrate. Our walk with God is a pursuit of joyful a gladness. And so I love how the psalmist calls the church and calls the people of God to, to feel like to feel, come into His presence with, with gladness and with joy. We get to experience that uh, as a people, but, but sometimes, let's be honest, we don't feel that. Like we read that and we go, I, I want joy, I want gladness, like I want to feel that, but I don't. Sometimes in life it feels like we are jumping through. Like we're we're present, we're there, but maybe we're not super excited about being there. That happens. What I love about this psalm is it challenges us and encourages us to not only feel and experience uh, God, but to think about God. Um, to use our minds and not only our emotion. God calls us to experience Him with our hearts and to engage Him with our minds. Know, the psalmist writes, that the Lord is God. He made us, and we are His. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. Know that the Lord is God. We can know God. Think about that. The Creator of the universe. The God who made you and me. Like We can know Him. He has revealed Himself to us. He is known. We don't know everything about Him, uh, but we can know Him. I was talking to a friend recently, and I said I feel like uh, sometimes when... Uh, we talk about God or the character of God or the attributes of God. I said it feels like we're looking at one leaf on a fall tree full of leaves. And all we see is that maybe that one leaf. And we can describe it and we can explain it. But that one leaf is part of a greater tree. And that tree is part of a forest. A massive forest. I feel like the, the nature and the character and the goodness of God is like that. Like we'll, we'll never know everything about God but we can know God we can know some things about him when I was in college my first uh, professor in college Dr. Warren when students would ask him a question that he didn't know the answer to instead of faking it and just making something up to impress everyone with his intelligence he would pause uh, for a moment and he would take a deep breath and he would say Would you hate me if I said, I don't know? I love that. Would you hate me if I said, I didn't know? Do you know there are some things about God and how He works and how He operates uh, that even the, the sharpest knife in the drawer would go, Would you hate me if I said, I don't know? God is inexhaustible. We're never going to have a corner on everything that we can know about God. And yet, we can know Him. Like We can know Him. We can know here that He is God. God is God. Therefore, I am not. That is incredibly liberating. God is God and I am not. That means that I can't always fully grasp what God is doing, um, but I'm going to give Him the benefit of the doubt regardless. It means that I won't always be able to explain everything that's taking place in the world, in your life, or in mine. But I'm going to trust Him. It also means that I don't have to run the world or save the world or live in such a way that I will be remembered by the world. The role of God has already been cast. And I didn't get the part, uh, And neither uh, did you. Uh, and I assure you that is really good news. Uh, God can be known. We don't know everything about God, but we can know God. We can know that He is God. We can know that He made us and we are His. He formed and fashioned us just the way that He did. We're all different. I mean, just just look around. Look around the room. Look at how different each and every person is. He made you with that receding hairline, with that nose, with that dimple, with that voice or lack thereof with that twitch, with that personality, with that wiring, with that weakness, with that strength, with that limitation. God dreamed you up before the foundation of the earth was ever laid. Like He had you in mind. He made you. And because He made you, you have intrinsic value and worth. And I, I tell this to kids all the time, your value and your worth uh, does not come from what you accomplish or what you do. It comes from whose you are. Right? Your, your value and your worth comes from uh, the person who made you, the artist uh, who painted the picture is what gives a piece of art its value and worth. Uh, Amelia has uh, been painting pictures for I don't know how long. It seems like a long time. And she um, recently decided to start a side hustle you know, because it's never too early for kids to get jobs and start paying for rent. And, and so she's been, she's been painting these beautiful pictures, uh, characters and dancers, and she wants to take them to where she uh, takes dance so she can sell them. And so she came up with this idea. I'm going to take them to dance. There's a little shop there, and I'm going to sell them for $5 a pop. And I thought, well, that, I mean, that's, what, a, like, what a brilliant idea. Um, I encouraged her, whatever comes in, make sure you tithe. She didn't know, I don't know about that. But I said, I think that's a great idea. So my parents the other day uh, came over to our house, and Amelia was showing them all of her artwork. And they said, this is beautiful. Like this is, You did an amazing job. And, and they asked her, what are you going to do with this? And she's like, I'm going to take it to this little shop, and I'm going to sell it. And they said, how much are you going to sell it for? She said, I'm going to sell it for $5 picture. My dad pulls out his wallet and says, I'll give you 20 He looked at me. And I was like, move fast, Earl, before he changes his mind. This is business 101. It's worth however someone is willing to pay for it. You know why my my parents wanted her picture? Do you know why they were willing to spend top dollar on it? Because it's from Amelia. It's from their granddaughter. If your kid made a picture or painted a a painting, I'm sure it's fantastic, but my folks aren't paying 20 bucks for it. Don't ask. But but Amelia, they love that. Well, God, the artist, He did a masterpiece with you. Like He dreamed you up and He made you just the way that He did. The psalmist says that He made you and you are His. You are His. We are the sheep Or we are His people and the sheep of His pasture. We belong uh, to Him. We belong to Him. Everything that we have and everything that we are uh, is God. We belong to Him. It reminded me of uh, Paul's words to the church at Rome in Romans chapter 14, verses 7 and 8. It says, For none of us lives to himself and none of us dies to himself, for if we live, We live to the Lord, and if we die, we die to the Lord. So then, whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord. Like you belong to Him. You are a follower of Jesus. If by faith you have trusted in Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins, you are God's kid. Like you're His son or His daughter. And whether you live or whether you die, you belong to Him. And that's good news. Christ's point, your Father uh, wants to see you. He wants to see you. So feel uh, joy and gladness and singing. Feel that in the core of who you are and think with the mind that God has given uh, to you. Think about the Lord, that He is God, that He made you, that you belong uh, to Him. You are His. And then the psalmist continues and says, enter His gates with thanksgiving and His courts with praise. Give thanks to Him. Uh, bless His name. This is the way that we approach our Father. Oftentimes the worshiper would walk through the gate of the temple on their way to worship. And there were gates, these large gates that people would walk through to go to worship. And, and the psalmist here is going, walk through uh, the gate with thanksgiving and uh, with praise. It reminds me of Psalm 122 verse 1 that says, I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Our feet have been standing within your gates, O Jerusalem. But there, there is this call in Scripture where like the people of God long to be amongst the presence of God. And they were like, like it is a good thing when God calls us and says to go into the house of the Lord, into Uh, My presence. And do you ever you ever long for that as the people of God? Like I think about that. I know it's like New Testament, it's different. God's presence isn't in a place, it is in a people. uh, And yet there's just something about the gathered saints, the gathered people of God. I gotta tell you, like I like I long. Like I long for this day. I long for this day. I like I need this day. This is not a gig. Not, this is not a job. Like I think like the people of God come and gather and we open up his word and we hear from Him. I I long for that opportunity. I, I, need, I need that. And it blows my mind how cavalier how we can be sometimes about this time. It seems here like this, like I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Our feet have been standing within your gates, O Jerusalem. Like there's this longing uh, to be in God's presence we come here we come here uh, to worship the danishes are good too but we come here we come here uh, to worship praise and worship is the overflow of a life that has come face to face with the grace and the goodness of God it's just it's praise it is overflow of a heart that's been changed uh, by God it is a reflex of a heart um, that has been radically changed by the goodness. It's just a reflex. Like, we're, like we see God and we're like, oh, like of course we pray. Like of course we delight in this. God is so good. I, I love, love, love. Uh, C.S. Lewis, in his, in his book, Reflections on the Psalms, uh, just talks about a praise and worship and how we express Ourselves and the people of God. This is long, but it's so good. I want to read it. You can follow along on the screen. It says, but the most obvious, Lewis writes, but the most obvious fact about praise, whether of God or anything, strangely escaped me. I thought of it in terms of compliment or approval or the giving of honor. I had never noticed that all enjoyment spontaneously overflows into praise. Readers, their favorite poet, walkers praising the countryside, players praising their favorite game, praise of weather, wines, dishes, actors, motors, horses, colleges, countries, historical personages, children, flowers, mountains, except where intolerably adverse circumstances interfere, praise almost uh, seems to be inner health made audible. Inner health made audible. I am not Uh, I had not noticed either that just as men spontaneously praise whatever they value, so they spontaneously urge us to join them in praising it. Isn't she lovely? Wasn't it glorious? Don't you think that magnificent? The psalmist, in telling everyone to praise God, are doing what all men do when they speak of what they care about. Students go, check out this TikTok. (laughs) This is awesome. Like, look at the Instagram. Like They experience something and they, just, they want other people to share in it. Lewis continues, I think we delight to praise what we enjoy because the praise not merely expresses but completes the enjoyment. It is its anointed consummation. It is not out of compliment that lovers keep on telling one another how beautiful they are. The delight is incomplete until it is expressed Right, that is praise. Right, so, people of God, unless it is expressed, it is incomplete. Like to experience God and not say anything about God. Like it's, you're going, ugh. It's like having a, a life changing experience and not telling anyone about it. Like, how crazy. You're just like, I've seen and I want you to see, I've experienced and I want you to experience. Like, we can't help but praise the Lord. So give thanks to God, the psalmist writes. Bless His name. So why? Like, why should, why should we do that? Like, why should we give Him thanks? And why should we bless His name? This is one of the things that I love about the Bible. Sometimes as parents, when our kids ask us why, we tell them, Because I said like That's enough. Because because of this authority figure in your life has said it, you should do it. The Bible doesn't do that. God in His kindness commands us, give thanks and bless His name, and then it tells us why. Why should we bless His name? Why should we give Him thanks? For the Lord is good. And He's good. Like His steadfast love endures forever and His faithfulness uh, to all generations. Well, why should we praise? Why should we give thanks? Because God is good. Like He's good. Good, good is such a, admit it, like I hear good and that's such a watered down word. Have you ever, ever like talked to your teenager before? How was your day? Good. How was work, honey? Good. How was the meals? Good. Like good to us can kind of mean Meh alright. That's not what the Bible means when it talks about being good. Goodness in Scripture is an essential aspect of the character of God. God shows His goodness in creation and salvation. It's seen in His holiness and in His righteousness and how He operates in the world. We step back as a people of God and we go, like God is, God is good. He is good. He's been so good to us. It's in His character to be good. His steadfast love endures forever. His love is consistent and it never stops. It doesn't cease. Our love is fickle. Human love is fickle. I had a counselor one time that told me, James, a marriage is built on the flimsiness of a human promise. Meaning there's times when we're feeling it, And there's times when we're not. Human love can be fickle, but God's love is not like that. God's love is steadfast. It is sure. It's not hot and cold. He doesn't grow weary of loving us. Um, I have this really bad habit. I don't know if it's a bad habit or not, but it's a habit where I will hear a song for the first time and I will binge listen to that song for a week. Like, I listen to it all the time. It happened to me a week ago. Uh, There's this song called Gratitude, and I started listening to it, and I just couldn't stop. I just listened to it again and again and again. And admittedly, it drives my children nuts when I drive places because it's on repeat. And so the other day, I was bringing the boys back from school, and we're driving home, and we had heard the song Gratitude like four or five times. And the boys were like, okay, okay, like everyone's grateful. Cademan said, Can we listen to another song? Can we listen? Totally legitimate question, so what do I do? I look at Cademan and I slowly reach my hand to the volume and I turn it up. Because I'm not done listening to the song yet. But then the craziest thing happens. Like I just I don't want to listen to the song anymore. I heard it eighty seven times in four days. Like I'm done with it. It's okay. But that love that I once had seems to dissipate or lessen. Um, God's love isn't like that. God loves us with with a steadfast and enduring love. It says that His faithfulness is to all generations. Um, God historically, since the beginning of time, uh, has been faithful to His people. Uh, God is faithful uh, to you. You, right here this morning. And He will be faithful uh, to your children and your children's children and your children's children's children. That's just how He operates. Like He is a faithful God. At Christ's point, your Father wants to see you. And so make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord uh, with gladness. Uh, come into His presence uh, with thanksgiving and singing. Uh, know that the Lord, He is God. It is He who made us and we are His. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. Enter His gates with thanksgiving and His courts with praise. Give thanks uh, to Him and bless His name. For the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever in His faithfulness uh, to all generations. So this is what I want to do this morning. I want to do something a little different. Uh, I want to do this. I want to do this. And uh, Sunday before Thanksgiving, I think, is it a great opportunity uh, for us as a church family um, to give thanks. And so I know this is dangerous. we got hot mics, and we're going to pass them around. All right? If you just heard my message and thought, that eh, was good, but you're like, meh, i got three points in a poem that will work perfect in this spot. Just tuck it away. Share that later. Uh, however, if you are here this morning and there is something um, that God is stirring in your heart uh, to give thanks for, uh, I want to encourage you uh, to do that. I'm going to hand this mic uh, to Billy. Uh, and Oh, boy. That could be just as dangerous as giving you. Um, I, I want to start. I want to start. And I want to let you know, I was thinking about this all last week. I just want to give thanks to God for, um, for you and the good work that was done last week in putting together uh, shoeboxes for Operation Child. Uh, we were able um, to put together uh, 646. 642. That is just like a pastor to overinflate the numbers. Yeah, rounding up, rounding up. Sorry. We, 2,500 shoeboxes we did last Sunday. Um, no, I, I, I just, I just watching, um, watching you and watching the, the, the team uh, that, that led that event, to me, it, like it reminded me when the psalmist says, uh, uh, as for uh, the, the saints in the land, um, they, they are, are my delight, in whom, in whom I delight. And I was just thinking, man, I, I delight uh, in, uh, in you. As for the saints in the land, they are the excellent ones, in whom my heart delights. That's the passage. Uh, And I just experienced joy just watching that last.